0: If one day, like she looks at herself and hates her gap teeth or the color of her hair or the shape of her body, it would just kill me and I've been living like that. That's the life I've been living where, you know, we show our children how to navigate this world, right? Welcome to episode number 24 with master wedding and portrait photographer, Irina Negran. Hey mamas, welcome to the Being Mother Hustler podcast. I'm your host mother hustler, Kareen Mills. I'm a mama of two boys, founder of a tribe called Mother Hustler Nation, co-founder of the Game Changers Global Network, an insurance professional turned lifestyle entrepreneur, keynote speaker and author each and every week i'm bringing you stories and thoughts from mom entrepreneurs who will inspire you to take massive imperfect action unapologetically chase your dreams and eradicate your excuses so you can quit treating your business like a hobby and turn your side hustle into full-time income I know being mother hustler is not easy, but sisters, we are making it happen even in this beautiful mess. Thank you so much for being present with me today. Now let's go mother the world. Erina Negran is a wedding and portrait photographer based out of Vancouver, Washington. She was born in Eastern Europe in a small country called Romania. Irina immigrated to the United States when her parents won the visa lottery in 2001. Irina graduated from the University of Washington with a degree in sociology and moved back to Vancouver to start her own photography company, specializing in wedding and fine art portraits. When her daughter was born, Irina felt a strong pull towards working with fellow mothers, young girls and women, in an effort to empower and uplift others. She focuses on changing the entire experience of being photographed for women everywhere, believing wholeheartedly that every woman deserves to be photographed, deserves to feel empowered and feel beautiful, important, and brave. Irina's photography business has grown into a successful and highly rewarding dream come true, allowing her to photograph women from all walks of life, from every background and experiences. Her hope is to allow all women She photographs to see themselves in a new light, to appreciate all the things that make them unique, special, and amazing. In her spare time, Irina loves to spend time with the love of her life, her five-year-old daughter, Daniela. Irina is an avid reader, loves to hike, cook, Travel and laugh as often as possible, especially with her hilarious family of weirdos. My beautiful tribe, please help me in welcoming the mother hustler who's mothering the world this week, Irina Negran. Welcome everybody. This is Kareen Mills, your podcast host, and you are listening to the Mother Hustler podcast. Today is a wonderful day because I have my really good friend. Oh, you guys are going to love her. She is, she won't believe it, but I think she was born to speak in front of people to tell her story because she's really good at telling her story Irina Negrien. Did I say that right?
1: Oh, oh
2: I got chills.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love my <laughs> Yeah, that was perfect. Awesome. Welcome, Irina. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> we are so excited. I have listened you spoke at Roar and, you know, and by the way, you can find her on YouTube. She had a really awesome speech and I loved every every process that you went through very resonated with me as an immigrant to this beautiful country Mm -hmm. that a lot of people take advantage of, or a lot of people take for granted, I should say. So, you know, just walk us through your journey. You know, you can start wherever you want to start in your journey and I'll just extract questions. So I don't necessarily have structures of questions. I'll just extract it from the journey that you tell us, and then we'll take it from there.
2: Sure, perfect. Um, So I was born in a small country in Eastern Europe called Romania. Most people don't know very much about it except Dracula, a fictional character. (laughs) The Romanians hate when people bring it up. And, um, And that we were communists up until like 29 years ago which would put me around at around like two, three years old when communism fell in our country. So I always tell people like, if you think communism is this like abstract concept, it's not, I I lived through it and I'm young. And um, we have stories of my waiting in line, um, like they wouldn't even know what the line was for and they just get in that line. And sometimes you would get like oranges, which were like so rare, or sometimes you'd wait in line for chicken feet and we would boil those and make soup out of them. Like the communists kept Romanians in like a state of like utter terror and fear. And it was just survival. And I think that living in that kind of uh, an environment really shaped who my parents were and who Romanians became, you know, in terms of privacy, in terms of uh, how people survive and what thriving means. Like thriving means something totally different to an immigrant versus to, to an American, wouldn't you agree? 100%. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times it's pointed out how different immigrants are from Americans. And I'm like, it's because we've been shaped by the things that happened in our country. And that was definitely the case in Romania. And so communism fell in um, around the time that I was three years old. and the revolution happened. And we basically like oh, overthrew our government. We didn't wait for Americans to like pitch in and save us. We just kind of like, we took care of business, kicked them all out. We got and it. You're like, we got this. Yeah, we got this, we're good. Like we're, Romanians are go-getters. We just take care of our own ish, you know? And, uh, and I actually had a very happy childhood. I talked about that in more. I, I grew up very happy. I was very loved. Um, my parents are amazing human beings. I don't say this lightly. I I love a lot of people, but my parents are like God's bread on earth. I don't know how else to describe them. (laughs) Wicked smart, wicked funny. Um, And they raised my brother and I to be like super happy people, even though like all this stuff was happening, like our world was turning upside down. And all I remember is a happy childhood, summer spent in the countryside, uh, vacations at the Black Sea. Like I grew up very happy. And I think that the thing that my parents did that was the best for us was that um, they didn't let our our environment shape us. They shaped us. Wow. And I think like the love that was in our family and the sense of humor, none of us take ourselves too seriously. Uh, We're silly and goofy and that really shaped who I became and it kind of gave me the skill to blend in any environment and kind of assimilate easily because I can make fun of myself all day long and if you're laughing at me then we're friends and like <laughs> what better way to bond with another human being than to just I, put things like look i'm an idiot i don't know what i'm doing half the time
0: i love that about you because and, it really breaks the ice a lot you know um yeah. you know when you're in a room sometimes with women and women as we are um, can be judgmental with each other and um, i think that a lot of the revolution that's happening now that we're empowering each other instead of judging each other are just now starting to be very popular but it started long time ago we just haven't grasped this whole idea of oh if we actually lock arms together we are the shit. i got goosebumps you know and so I want to, I want to talk a little bit about how you were raised happy though, because Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people can learn from how you were raised because, um, you know, with very commercialized, I truly believe that in America, the holidays were created by the stupid corporations (laughs) (laughs) because every holiday you're supposed to dump money on whatever Christmas I mean, there's a holiday for everything here. And the way that we, and I know that when we had coffee, it's very parallel to your experience. Mm -hmm. And that the way that we enjoyed holidays in our country was more of passing food around, Mm -hmm. enjoying each other's company, being chaotic within each other, but that was not chaotic crisis it was more chaotic happy and it was like we just thrived when we were in each other's company especially when there's food around yep. and so um you know i want you to let the world know that you don't need a lot and we talked about being minimalists i you know if you if you watched the picture that I spoke on stage and I totally forgot to share this on stage because sometimes when you get on stage, you're just, you look confident to other people, but you know what girlfriends inside you, it's like, there's a war going, (laughs) there's a war going on, world war three going on in there. So I forgot. And, and if you've seen my, my, um, the clothes that I wore in there, everybody thought they look expensive. They're beautiful. They're wonderful, but they came from Goodwill and you know, the fall jacket that I wore had a ticket on them. It's all brand new. So I go to Goodwill and hunt for brand new stuff. Mm -hmm. And stuff that still has tickets on them. You know, like the jacket I wore was $49 a target brand. You got it for 12 99 from Goodwill the overalls and like the bodysuit that i wore under it was 12.99 it was like had a tag a designer tag that was 59.99 and you know talking about being minimalist and also being frugal Mm -hmm. i think we become that because we came from that environment
2: where you don't have to have a lot to be happy yeah talk about that we don't don't really have options like wouldn't you agree like i don't know how other countries but we didn't have apparel stores like like um like old navy or target there was nothing like that all we had that was brand new and from the west was secondhand stores so how are you gonna grow up to spend 250 dollars on jeans when you've been spending you know you've been buying secondhand in europe you know yeah it hurts
0: me when i do that like or even when i hear someone do that i'm i'm I don't do that. Um, I mean, it hurts me to buy an iPhone, <laughs> but it's, it's like a requirement. It's like a necessary evil. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's,
0: it's, I love how you said you were raised happy.
2: Yeah, I think, I think even in the times where I had money and money was no object, I was kind of hesitant to invest money And things like that. I mean, obviously, there's exceptions to everything, but, but I was raised to value certain things. And the rest of the stuff matters, but not nearly as much. So I, of course, later on in life, like now that I'm in my 30s, I became a minimalist, because when you strip all the BS and all of the things that don't really matter, the only thing that stays is family, uh, people you love and people who make your life more beautiful, your health, your relationship with the universe and the rest is just fluff. Mm. Like, why would you, why would you work towards this certain lifestyle that really won't add to it? I've been wealthy. I've been poor. I've been somewhere in between. And none of that has affected my happiness. My happiness has been determined from the moment I was born by my family. And that's because of how I was brought up.
3: Yeah.
2: And like you said, like family, like holidays for us mean something totally different. And we talked about this when we had coffee, like presents, like forget presents. Do you know the kind of food that is on our table every <laughs> Christmas or every Easter? Like who cares about the presents? <laughs> it's who
0: cares just, about that stupid little egg
2: hunts? Keep them. I'm
0: cool. <laughs> it's fun for the kids, but, um, but I think we're shaping our kids in a very different way world when we when we practice those things yeah it's our practice that shapes them it's not what we give them and what we buy them
2: right
1: yeah.
0: so tell us about Irina as a teenager and you know you finally came to america or, or yeah. wait, you were 20 when
2: you i was 14 when i moved here so um my parents won the visa lottery in 2001 and we moved here in on July eighteenth, two thousand and one. And I was fourteen years old. <laughs> and I was I was conflicted. I, I mean, I I remember being excited, but you know, I we we just left everything that was familiar. We had a very happy life and it took a long time for me to understand why my parents would move us across the world, away from you know, our structure, away from our because the way that things work in Europe is You have neighbors, you have friends, you know the whole neighborhood, you know everybody's cousin and their cousin. And uh, my parents had great jobs and they were very successful. So it it, it just boggled my mind that they would just uproot us like this. But now of course I understand. Um, But I was 14 and I just wanted to blend in. I did not want to stand out. I did not want to be like sticking out like a sore thumb, you know, I just wanted to disappear in the crowd. Wow. And that was because in Romania being a girl is, is held to such a high standard. It felt impossible for me. It felt like there was no way that I was going to be a girl and be okay the way that I was. And so, to some extent coming here, I could disappear. Mm. It just didn't matter how much I weighed, um, how I looked, how my hair looked, the color of my skin, none of that mattered. And I had experience, I experienced like for the first time coming here into eighth grade, just complete <laughs> anonymity. Like nobody knew who I was, nobody knew anything. And to some extent it was like intoxicating because When something like this happens, you get to redefine who you are. And I think that getting a chance to reclaim who you are is so powerful. And we have opportunities in our lives, and I think you can let them break you or you can let them redefine you.
0: Yes. You know. So when in your life you discovered Irina, because you said when you came to America. You had disappeared in the crowd yeah and you didn't you kind of quieted your voice mm-hmm. but the arena that I know now makes sure she is heard right so when did you find that version of you along the way
2: so I gave birth to my daughter on April twenty. 20- 2013, and it took some time, but around the time that we, and we've, I've talked about this with you before, um, around the time that her teeth came in, uh, we started noticing that she had gap teeth like me, and I remember, I don't usually, I have horrible memories, so I don't usually remember, uh, important monumental (laughs) moments in my life, but this one kind of stood out to me because I remember sitting down with her, she was napping, And I was thinking, God, like, I hated my teeth all of my life. And all I heard was criticism. I was teased. I was made fun of. I hated them. And they were like, it's not something you can hide. You can't, like, put a shirt over it. And when I saw that my beautiful daughter that I'd wanted all my life, that I'd waited for, I, I, you know, I always say, like, I feel like I've known my daughter before she was even a thought in our head. And I thought, if one day like she looks at herself and hates her gapped teeth or the color of her hair or the, the, the shape of her body, it would just kill me. And I've been living like that. That's the life I've been living Where where, you know, as mothers, we show our children how to navigate this world, right? The way we love ourselves is the way they love themselves. And for me, in that moment, I felt like I was at a crossroads where I could just kind of, you know, shrug my shoulders and say, like, you know, you make mistakes and you hope that you raise them right and you hope that things work out, or I could finally live how I would want her to live. And I would, I could start loving myself the way I'd want her to love herself. So she kind of became this compass for me to kind of find myself. Because like you said, I just kind of toned everything down and I just wanted to disappear. But when she was born, I was like, screw that. Like screw all of it to hell, because I have a daughter to show this world to. I have a daughter to introduce into this world and I'll be damned if I sit on my ass and let this world break her or change her or mold her. And that meant that I had to start talking. And it meant that I had to be honest about who I was. It meant that I had to make my peace with who I was because nobody loves everything about themselves, but you can get to a good place where you feel comfortable in your own skin. And I think that a lot of people don't have that. And I think that that was a defining moment for who I am as a person as a woman and as a human being in this world. I think when you become a mom, you just want to make the world a better place for your kids. And, and that defines me to my core. I want to leave the world better.
0: Oh, oh. that just, oh. you're singing my song. It's yeah. like, music don't you think
2: that like all mothers, when we become mothers, like suddenly you care about politics, you care about culture, you care about family, you care about these things that you never cared about. Like, all I cared about was like happy hour. Like, I didn't care about... <laughs> You know, the world could do whatever, and I wanted no part of it. But now I'm like, no, I have to be the change. Otherwise, my daughter has to be the change. And I want to make the world – I want to start paving a path for her to walk. You know? This is why you are on this
0: podcast. (laughs) Because you are a mother hustler. Oh, yeah. Yes, you are. And – I love that because that really resonated with me. My talk this weekend was titled Don't Just Lead Influence.
2: Because mm-hmm.
0: I think, as a mom, as a wife, as a community leader, it is, I said leadership. I heard of another thought leader, Jason Maiden, that says leadership is a position, but influencing someone including your husband your family or your daughter or your sons whatever it like you don't have to be this big deal of an influencer to influence someone you can begin at home and he said that leadership is a position while becoming an influence Mm
2: -hmm. is
0: a behavior and so when you behaved a certain way you start influencing people Mm-hmm. And that's why we say we build a tribe. We attract the, the people that really accepts us, who we are. And, you know, whatever you have this self-negative thought of yourself, because you're not enough, you're not good enough. You're not thin enough. You're not big enough. You're not, your hair is not dark enough. You're not blonde. Whatever it is that we go through, it doesn't fucking matter. No. What matters is, that you love yourself. And I said that the secret to becoming a person of influence is falling in love with yourself.
2: Oof, I
0: got chills. And I think that that was the defining moment for you. Exactly what I just said is you fell in love with yourself. And some of us, cause I told my Southeast Asia backpacking trip and that, that's how I look for myself. Mm-hmm. I left the country and did this crazy 30-day backpacking trip in June. And some of us have to do that to find ourselves. Yeah. Some of us have this defining moment when we look at the image of our own, which was the way that you did with your daughter,
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know? So you were raised happy. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I, I was raised Are to, to Danny? take myself
0: seriously. How are you raising Danny? That is similar, but yet different than how your parents raised you. Oh, that's a good question. Because um, we always tweak the things, so we take it yeah. with a grain of salt, right? And we we race, we mirror our parents the way they raced us, but we also have our own journey that allows us to apply some of the things that I think that's going to be good to add to that. So that's kind of what I meant.
2: Um, that's a great question. I think, because you hear a lot of times when you talk to other mothers, you talk about how you were brought up and how you want to raise people. And um, I think that it's important to talk about the things that are similar that you carry into your style of motherhood, but the things that you choose to change and it, For me, being raised happy and having a happy childhood, you know, I was raised by a woman who became my best friend. I go to the movies with my mom. I tell her everything. There is nothing that my mom doesn't know. If I'm moving a chair, I'm rearranging my furniture, my mom knows about it. If I have a bad day, my mom will call me. I am so lucky to have a best friend in my mom, and I definitely kind of really wanted to carry that in my relationship with my daughter, with Danny, because it is such um, a comforting thought to know that within my mother lies my best friend, my soulmate. And it w- meant so much to me to bring that into my relationship with Danny and kind of make space in our amazing friendship for her. Because for me, no matter what I went through, no matter where I went, I always had my mother's love. That was unconditional. Man, you warned me and I was,
0: mm. Uh, Here comes the Kleenex that you
2: you didn't have. My mom will bring on the waterworks. Um, I wanted Danny to have that kind of love because I think talking to girlfriends and doing what I do now and working with women, I hear so many women say they had awful relationship with their, relationships with their mothers or, or absent mothers or mothers who always criticize them. And I was like, I had no idea that moms were anything less than like the most amazing thing. And, and, and I want Danny to have that because I think that the thing that defined me the most was having unconditional love. I could murder somebody and my mom would be like where are we hiding the body like (laughs) no judgment like we'll talk about how crazy you are later but for now about you get the bleach bottle we gotta hide the body like and my mom's a good respectful romanian woman she'd be like okay get your gloves (laughs) you wouldn't even think twice and like i mean that my mom loves me Unconditionally. I could say that I want to chop off my arm tomorrow and she'd be like, okay, let's talk about it. (laughs) And I wanted Danny to have that because I think that what women need is unconditional love, Mm. not to be told to be perfect, which is, I think what we've been doing with the generations before us. And I think maybe you'll agree, we're held to this totally separate standard than boys girls are supposed to be quiet. They're supposed to be respectful. They're supposed to be meek and little and quiet and um, second place, kind of. And I think that there was a kind of like a push back, like, no, girls should be up front. I think, and this is a revolutionary concept, I think that girls should be whatever the hell they want to be. Because we've been pushed in every direction, and I think that this generation is saying, enough! Like, we're doing we're doing shit how we want to do it. And and I want to raise Danny like that. So that means I have to constantly check myself. Don't put preconceived notions on your child. Don't put your dreams and your goals on your child. I have to do that every single day because I don't want her to be a carbon copy of me or a better version of me. God, no. I want her to be her, like the best her she can be. I don't care if she's totally opposite than me or if she follows in every single footstep, as long as she's true to herself, because like you talk about this all the time to, to know yourself in this world. There's nothing more revolutionary than to know yourself, to be like unswayed by anything around you to be kind of like singing in the storm, you know?
0: Yeah. You have to sing your own song. And although I said that, you're, you're singing my song, but I, I'm just saying that, that like, I could relate to you. Yeah, but you have your own voice, you have to allow that voice to come through. I think a lot of times we are scared of being judged. And I had a, a guest here who's very, very super ultra spiritual. And she talks about how the earth is shifting. Like, if you look at a lot of these spiritual gurus, they look at the earth and like literally the light of the earth are shifting. And I don't know how to explain it, but she, she was amazing. And she talked about, you know, um, a lot of like how a lot of moms that's, that are um, part of this revolution now that we're raising our children in a very different way. And she said that when you look at the earth and the shift that's happening, you can directly um, relate that to what's happening in society, like us specifically as mothers, of how we're just waking up to this societal expectation and we are done with it and we are not putting up with it and we're raising our kids the way, in a way that that a lot of, uh, most Americans have never done before. And I say, you know, what's funny, And I I can hear your mom doing the same thing. It's like, we've been, my, my parents and my grandma have been doing it for a long time. And America is just now waking up to it, you know? And we talked a lot about, you know, a lot of like divorces that are happening because of the older generation to where they look at women as a second class citizen right? Mm-hmm. And now we're looking at women and it's our freaking time. We're looking at women as these free, do whatever you need to feel energized, you know, in this world, own your space, make sure your voice is, is heard. And our daughters and our sons are seeing that. And our next generation of men are going to be so amazing. Just wow. like generation of women are gonna they're gonna be all in this how many days was that to climb Machu Picchu
1: it was a four-day climb through the Andes um to get to Machu Picchu yeah it was amazing
0: wow how yeah. heavy was your pack uh
1: well see that's the thing I didn't realize it. <laughs> and, and, and if you're listening right and you're thinking about doing this trip Don't pack a lot of stuff. Don't do it. Because not only did we have a team of porters who basically carried all of the food and the utensils and et cetera. um, You don't need a lot of stuff. And I didn't plan for that. So I took way more stuff than I needed. And so my pack was probably about 60 pounds when it should have been. I know, I know. My bad, my bad. bad. (laughs) It should have been half that. And so wow. every time we were hiking, people would pass us and like kind of look at us funny because they were all carrying these tiny little backpacks, and I've got this massive, you know, live in the jungle for a year pack on.
0: Do they have the <laughs> tents and the food that they cook for you, the porters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they
1: did, they, they did yeah. all that.
0: Yeah, I have a friend here locally that's climbing Kilimanjaro.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Year, yeah. In
0: in about less than a year. And that's what they're doing too. They have porters that carry everything for them.
1: Oh, yeah. Um,
0: and all that good stuff. Wow. That's an amazing, amazing yeah. journey.
1: Yeah, it was really good. And it was, what's really cool about the trip too for me was that when I was going through everything, working in construction and not feeling like I was living on purpose, I was building a hospital at the time. and this, And if I could take you back to like January of 2000, geez, I don't know, 14 or something like, no, 2011. Um, I, uh, I was working and building this hospital. It was cold, it was wintry, and every mm. morning at 9 a.m. I would get a 15-minute break. And for probably like 60 days straight, I was just going through my phone on that 15-minute break, Googling pictures of Machu Picchu, watching videos, like <sighs> imagining what that could be like. But I never thought that I was going to be able to have the time to do it or the resources or, you know, like I just didn't believe in myself at that point. So mm-hmm. seeing that come full circle and happen seven years later was just, it was just really special to me. Wow. And to be able wow. to share it with her too.
0: Yeah. What's Gabby teaching you? Because, um, you know, she, she appears to be an amazing woman and I'm sure she is with, yeah. when you pick her <laughs> because yeah. you are an amazing man.
1: Thank you. I right. That.
0: So So, like, what? Tell us a little bit about this new woman in your life. Yeah. And how is she teaching you life and and guiding you through?
1: Gabrielle and I have actually a really special story. And if I take you back to 2008, I'm living in California at the time. Um, I'm going to college playing football, like, doing my my single bachelor thing. And I'm working at a gym in, in Los Angeles. And I meet Gabriella there. She's also a trainer at the same mm. gym. And while we were there, like we were in contact with each other. We worked together. We just had like a, a cool friendship. She was just a really cool person that I could hang out with. And, you know, and it was great. And after I left, I didn't really talk with her for 10 years. No, sorry, like nine mm. years.
0: Mm.
1: Wow. And all of a sudden um, she called me one day. She's like, hey, I, I live in Montana now. I'm going to the university And I just wanted to catch up a little bit. So we started talking and kind of reminiscing on like back in 2008. And it was just kind of a a good feeling at the time. So her and I started talking again. And then um, about a year later, last summer, I asked her to be my girlfriend, like old, old fashioned style.
0: (laughs) Wow. Yeah. It's super cool how life has its way. Yes. And, And believe it or not everything that happens to us is a recipe to become where we are now to get here.
1: yeah, Right. Yeah.
0: So, wow. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Pretty cool story. And what was really cool about it is we just picked up right where we left off. Like it, what, there wasn't like an awkward moment. It was just, it was like nothing ever happened, you know, and that's so rare and everybody has like one or two people in their life like that. Well, she's definitely one of those for me. So I would think that the, the biggest thing that she's teaching me right now is, Corrine, this woman is so incredibly loving and giving and patient. And mm-hmm. my lifestyle is so, it's, it's so different than, than most because I'm always here, there. I'm always working. I'm, I'm doing a lot of things, but she's just so patient through all of it. And she's so supportive through all of it. And, and the qualities that I see in her are very similar to the qualities that I see in my mom.
0: Yes, I was gonna say.
1: <laughs> and isn't that funny how we,
0: uh-huh.
1: you know, how we always make that connection
0: mm-hmm.
1: in some way. So yeah, that's so, so
0: cool, dude. Yeah. I was gonna say as you were describing that, and um, it's they always say your parents either um mold you or ruin you. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So,
0: well, that's awesome. I'm so yeah. happy for you.
1: It's a, it's a really special thing. And in fact, you know, her and I to this day at the time of this recording are still together and doing really well. Um, we actually just celebrated our one year anniversary um, about five days ago.
0: Congratulations. Thank you. Thank I you. see your smile there, buddy. You have yeah. a really good smile when you talk about Gabby. Yeah. <laughs> that says yeah. a lot. Yeah. So what's your daughter's name?
1: <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Queen? amazing Queen. Princess. Wonderful, no. Her name is Daisha Desiree, Daisha Desiree, and she's 10 and um, she's just the most amazing little person ever. And um, I've been in her life since she was a year and a half. And I think what uh, a lot of people don't know about our situation is very unique, Kareem, it's very unique. She's not my biological daughter, Um, but when I met her mom, Mm -hmm. She was obviously already in the picture. And mm-hmm. I didn't get to meet Daisha for about a month after her her mom and I started dating. Her mom was very protective, similar to mine. And the day that I finally met her, um, I remember walking into Caitlin's apartment, opening the door, and this little you know two foot tall nothing diapers no shirt blue binky long curly hair is standing in the doorway like looking up giving me this scowl like who are you and why are you in my mom's house <laughs> like boss like who? yeah like who do you think you are walking in my house <laughs> So that was the first moment that I've ever had with her and we still joke about that moment today because the look that she gave me, she can still make that same face and so you know, we, we, we joke about that a lot but from day one, from, from minute one, we were just like this, just so tight and we've just been so tight since then and it's just even grew to this incredible thing today. How old is she? She's 10. She's 10 now. And
0: and how old was she when you met her?
1: A year and a half. Yeah. Oh, wow. A year and a half. Wow.
0: Do you think that that's beautiful, Dan? Yeah. And I love that. I love that uh that you you know, I always say motherhood or being a mom because I have some friends that are stepmoms. Yeah. That it's not about the label of being that's... a step or a father figure. Yes. It's it's about the act of being a father, yes. the act of being a mother, because because it is a an earned title, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because mothering and fathering someone is 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 hard work, man.
1: <laughs> More than most, no, yes.
0: Yeah, it's hard work. So, kudos to you for for being that for her. And I know that you love her dearly. You pick her up at school. You're doing all these stuff for her. Yeah. Just like your own, yeah, which absolutely. is essentially your own.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and Absolutely. And even though her mother and I aren't together anymore, I'm still in her life just as much, you know, and we all have a great working relationship together. And that's something that's really rare too, is her yeah. biological father is still in the picture. And so the co-parenting that goes on between her dad, her mom, myself is, um, is really amazing. Like a perfect example of this is she's in gymnastics. She's a gymnast and does very well. But this past season in gymnastics, we were traveling all over the Northwest. We were in Washington, Idaho, Montana. Um, we were everywhere, but every weekend we would all travel together. And we would all stay in the same hotel together. Wow! We all stayed in the same hotel room together.
0: That's amazing. Now, like I said, it's unique,
1: but it works.
0: If you're ever in uh, Washington, Portland area, because I'm on the border, let me know.
1: (laughs) Yes, I will for sure.
0: We have a huge presence here too with the gymnastic with Nadanov gymnastics. So, yeah, yeah, dude, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, tell every single one of my moms here listening of American Ninja Warrior, Come on the now. big stuff, Come and, and, on, and High Performance <laughs> Academy. Yes,
1: High Performance Health Academy. And in
0: yes. your one million goal, not money, yes. not numbers, but
1: people, People, people. absolutely absolutely yeah so ninja warrior was something that started for me three years ago at the time of this recording it was 2015 was my first season and man just to give you the quick story on that i had known a little bit about it but i didn't really grasp it as a whole and one day one of my friends had brought this video to me and showing me somebody running through the course and at the time i was thinking like you know i i may be able to do that obstacle i may be able to do this one i don't know about that one but i I mean i might so I just started trying stuff and I started building things. And what I had found is that I had-
3: It takes the time to talk to you. will find out, you know, that you're a real person and that you show up at Goodwill, you know, just like- There's nothing might. wrong with it. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's the thing, right? And so those kinds of, you know, thinking where we're judging or we're making assumptions
0: Mm, sometimes
3: get in our way. And so that's part of what I work with moms around is, you know, where do these ideas come from and which kinds of um, uh, uh, beliefs might be helping you right now in your, in your motherhood experience, in your life, and which might be getting in your way that maybe you need to do a little shifting around with it, you know? And also there's a piece about being, self-compassionate being accepting of who we are as women right and that we're not don't have to be like Susie q down the street you know we mm-hmm. we are okay just being ourselves
0: mm-hmm.
3: and in being ourselves being authentic being real i think we're going to be happier and give a much better role model to our kids to follow
0: yeah yeah that's why i tell my husband like i i i say the truth I say the most authentic thing. And if I have to say, yep, thanks. It's goodwill, you know, like it's, um, it's the truth. And yes, I could have not said it and still not lie to people, but, but I, I really want to people, people to understand that you don't have to spend a lot of money to look good. You just have, To look good, you just have to be happy and confident. I love it. It's true. Because if you strip everything away, these are just things, you know, Uh, cars, you talk about cars, house, and you're being taught about being humble. If you strip all the human creation away and... If you wear your smile all the time and you're so confident about life and you're just killing it in life. I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm just saying it's right. killing it. Um it just shines. You know, you shine and when you shine, that's all you got to look. That's the look, that's the best look ever.
3: Oh my <laughs> gosh, I love it. I, yeah, so the light comes from within. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, and, and you know, and I tell people it's that it's self-care. It's not just about the outside, right? Like the way you dress, you know, but it's also how you, um, yeah, the, the nurturing your inner self, who you are and being okay with who you are and, um, pursuing the things that you most enjoy that bring you happiness, mm-hmm. you know, things like, like. Uh, not just manicures and, and massages, which yes. are
0: wonderful. Cosmetic stuff.
3: Exactly. Not just the cosmetic stuff. It's like, look inside. How are you taking care of your your personhood, of your spirit?
0: Mm-hmm. Right. No, it's true. It's true. You illuminate and you become, when you're a happy person, everybody wants to be hanging out with you. Exactly. Nobody wants to hang out or do business. Let's talk about business. Everybody don't want to do business with a person that's snotty. That's negative. In
1: my videos is because reggae music is all about, you know, uh, self-improvement, positivity, upliftment, brotherhood, uh, self-reliance, all of that stuff. And so I needed to hear that at the time because I wasn't putting myself around people because I was just afraid to.
0: Wow, I grew up on Bob Marley too, <laughs> Hi. whatever. Like, it, there's so many ways to find out about people nowadays if you know where to look. Um, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, you can find out about a person just by looking at their timeline. And so when you are just projecting inspiration, projecting happy and you're, you're actually really authentically happy with your life. It's people want to be around you. People want to do business with
1: you. And your level of impact and influence as well.
0: So when you, when you talk about your 1 million people, to impact yeah. 1 million people, yeah, are you talking about a direct impact on them, or are you talking about these people you help exponentially helps you?
3: Damn. I, I have a fabulous coach that I love dearly. Her name is Felicia Searcy, and she always says that there is no private good, that everything that you do that's good for you
0: is good for the world. Yep. It's very true. So we're almost out of time and I always have this last two questions to ask and you might've already heard it. Yes. Um, if you're, what are your kids' names? Liam and Mia. Liam and Mia. If Liam and Mia. Cause my kids, I don't know about you, but my kids Google me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, if they were listening what what message would you tell your kids i would tell them go find
3: your passion your purpose and go after it that's
0: awesome that's awesome so you'll Thank support you. them all the way
3: yes yes because that's what i've discovered in my own journey that being in touch with my, my sense of purpose is what's allowed me to feel even happier than I ever mm-hmm. have been before, right? And to bring that light, as we were talking about, to other people,
0: mm-hmm.
3: there's such f- fulfillment in that. And I want them above all-
0: You're aligned.
3: To be happy, successful, mm-hmm. fulfilled individuals who bring a positive influence into the world.
0: Mm-hmm. That's awesome. You're just aligned you know when you're aligned and you're at home it, you are happy right yes yes ma'am now what last question what's your definition of a mother hustler
3: a mother hustler to me and i think all of the guests that i have listened to in your podcast meet this uh, uh definition mm-hmm. are women who have a vision and a purpose to Mm. their life and go after it with gusto. And Mm -hmm. in doing that, you know, they support and encourage and inspire their children to do the same and others
0: to do the same. That's wonderful. Thank you for that. Now. Before we go, can you let us know where we can find you, which social media outlet do you usually hang out and your website and all this good stuff? Sure.
3: So my website is joyfulimperfectioncounseling.com. So that's the name of my business, Joyful Imperfection Counseling. And I'm also uh, on Facebook as Joyful, Joyful Imperfection Counseling and on Instagram under the same name Joyful Imperfection Counseling
0: so all over you are Joyful, Joyful
3: Imperfection, Imperfection counseling. counseling uh I also have um, a Facebook group called Recovering Supermoms mm-hmm. so that's another way that Love people it. can can uh, find me and I post regular content both on the Facebook uh, fan page and in the group I post inspirational quotes and memes and videos
0: and articles
3: and things like that so
0: Wonderful. Do good life. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for your time today and sharing your journey and being vulnerable as well. And really, my favorite part is not only sharing about your mother, because I always love to see how does this person become the person that who they are, it must be their parents or their mom, or yeah. how they were brought up because sometimes You know, not not everybody gets lucky enough to be raised by a mom, but a grandmother supporting the Being Mother Hustler podcast every single episode, every single week. I know most of you take screenshots of these episodes and share it all over your social media outlets. And for some of you that's left us a five star review from the bottom of my heart, I'm so super grateful for you. Make sure you follow us on Spotify and subscribe to the show on iTunes and it would mean the world to the entire Mother Hustler Nation community if you wrote us a five-star review because I'm telling you, this is not about me. This is not about you. It's about all of us in the community inspiring each other, learning from each other and not allowing each other to make any excuses for To chase our dreams. I swear I read those reviews and it fuels me to my core. Makes me cry for great reasons. So I so look forward to reading those reviews. As always sisters, don't forget to give, serve, live and love. Have a Mother Haslan day. My heart, I'm so super grateful for you make sure you follow us on spotify and subscribe to the show on itunes and it would mean the world to the entire mother hustler nation community if you wrote us a five-star review because i'm telling you this is not about me this is not about you it's about all of us in the community inspiring each other learning from each other and not allowing each other to make any excuses to chase our dreams. I swear I read those reviews and it fuels me to my core. Makes me cry for great reasons. So I so look forward to reading those reviews. As always, sisters, don't forget to give, serve, live, and love. Have a mother hustling day. They're super smart kids. Yeah. Um was listening or get a hold of this podcast down the road because they will, <laughs> what message would you tell her?
1: Uh, baby, i would tell you to keep your consciousness because that's how she is, man. We talk about, we talk about how emotion and feeling and people and love. We talk about that all the time. I would tell her to just keep your consciousness. Like that's, what's going to set you apart mm. in this century. It's true. Yeah.
0: Just be yourself too, you know. It's yeah super important.
1: Absolutely. Because your consciousness is what's gonna allow you to get through to other people and really be that change and really set the tone like we've been talking about.
0: That's awesome. So last question, but before I go to my last question, <laughs> yeah. I just wanna say thank you for your friendship. And you are someone that I follow hardcore. I watch a lot of your content. You put out so much value out to the world. And I want to commend you for, you know, holding yourself accountable because I'm sure you have a coach, every coach on this planet um, have two or three coaches and we we have, (laughs) you have four, we have to, we have to elevate our game. There's this law of the lid where Whoever you're coaching can only grow so much if you're yes. growing. You can't, you can't help people unless you're growing. So you're putting a lid on the people you're leading if you're not growing. So yes. um, I want to commend you for changing your own life and just keeping it on track and, and now even like duplicating yourself to a lot of people.
1: Thank you for um, that. Thank you. I receive that.
0: Where... Oh, there's a question that's really important for me that I ask you.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: I know you've helped a lot of moms. Yes. I was in your seven yes. day challenge and yes. it made me cry a lot. <laughs> I'm a <laughs> crier too. So, so. Um, and there were a lot of impactful women in there, impactful moms. And if you can tell us or pick one story, and I know that you have a ton but pick one out of the ton of stories that you have that really hit you and hit you hard. And that you're like, this is why I do what I do. Yeah. Who would that, that I think that as human beings we're satisfied and being satisfied is what makes us happy and being fulfilled is what makes us happy. So I love that the way you answered that and how you took a little bit of time and took a deep breath to answer that because you, you well, thought out what you were about to say. I love you even more.
2: <laughs> is that even possible? I mean, it's, it's like flaring with love. <laughs> so, I love it's, you.
3: um, what you're doing. Is-